Welcome to the Carmen Murray Show, where we have conversations about 21st century business and culture. Here in the Murray Den, we'll open a window into a world of things that intrigue and inspire. Share stories of excitement, hope, bravery, courage, and resilience. And now, from the Solid Gold Studios, let's level up, lean in, and get Murray with your host, Carmen Murray, as we let curiosity lead us down new paths. As we celebrate Johnny Clegg, there is a Zulu saying, Uchani ubulele buvuswa umlilu, meaning the dry dead grass is made young and green by fire and how every dark or painful incident in our lives has a positive aspect. I recently got introduced to the most incredible woman, Sky Mendes, one of the most courageous, inspiring stories and really packed with hope and resilience, and it touched me in such a profound way. They call her the stylist whisperer. Now hang on, I know at first I thought the same. It sounds a bit dodge, but if you listen throughout this entire episode, you will be blown away and you'll get it. I wanted to give men and women with this episode and hope you find it so inspiring. So today, Sky Mendes, welcome into the Murray Den. Hey, Carmen. How, How are, are you? Doing? What's up? I'm great. Thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. So a little theory told me that apparently you have been listening to the Carmen Murray show like a lot lately. I do, I do. I always like to listen in and learn things. I believe I'm forever learning, so I do listen in. And since I was going to be on the show, I was going to see, let's see, are these my people? Um, what can I learn from it? And yes, I have been listening and learning. Come on, tell us. What was your favorite episode? Um, there's a few, like Taryn Pickup, I think her name, and then Richard Mulhard. Oh, yes. And then uh, the comedian, John Vilsmos. So there have been a few, but those are the top three, the top of my head. <laughs> well done. Well, yeah, that was epic episodes. A little bit crazy, some of them. Yeah. <laughs> but laughing. It's great. It's real. <laughs> okay, so for our audience out there, I think uh, if you're a frequent listener, you'll you'll hear me um, refer to this quite a lot. You'll know that I've lost over 30 kilos due to a syndrome that I have. I've gone to, through this big, big personal transformation, and I've also been dealing with a lot of trauma um, from my past. And I recently turned 40, and I wanted to use this as a way of dealing with my past and look towards a future grow, transform, and live out my personal brand. But before we get into that, let's start from the beginning. So Sky, you and I met through, I was doing a training course and one of the students there was telling me all about you. Oh my gosh, you have to meet with Sky Mendes. You called me and I was like, um, yes, and we were chatting and with my busy schedule, I was like, I'm not sure if we can meet. And then we met and we spent a whole day together. And we went to Martinus Brodrag's event, if you recall. 100%. And um, it was just such an amazing day. And you literally opened up your heart and your soul and told me your story. And to me, it's one of the most profound stories ever. So I think let's undress you, figure of speech, <laughs> and get naked. Tell us about your story and how it led you to be where you are today. Okay. 
Um, so I've always been, I always considered myself as a good dresser. Um, and I used to get a lot of compliments as well. And I often was asked, hey, how do I do this? How do I get dressed here and there? And so I used to give people advice. So here I am traveling on the M1 North. Sunroof's open, music's pumping. Mom's next to me in the car and life is a bliss. We're coming back from a medical appointment of hers. And the next minute, I feel this incredibly sharp pain at the bottom of my stomach that I nearly flipped the car. It's so intense that I've literally just got to grab onto it. So pull over on the side of the highway and um, try and brace this unbelievable pain. And um, a couple of seconds later, although it felt like hours, I'm like, sure, what was that? That was hectic. Anyway, music back on and we carry on cruising down the highway. So three weeks forward, middle of early hours of the morning, casualty year I come and the same immense pain is just pumping through my body and I just, at this stage, like put a pipe through my head, do anything, I just can't deal with it anymore. At the time, I had like this very short, I think a Polish uh, specialist surgeon, he came on and he said to me, look, I can't see what's happening, your stomach is just so bloated and everything, I'm going to have to open you up. And as I said, like the pain was just so much, I didn't care what they actually did at that stage, I just really wanted the pain gone. So wake up next morning, I'm like, great, this is awesome, there's no more pain, like it's all sorted. Um, And then I see the surgeon, he's kind of doing his rounds, and then he comes to me and he says, okay, well, we removed the 32-centimeter tumor. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it looks bad. I don't know how bad. You're going to have to wait six weeks, and uh, we're going to talk. I was like, okay, that's cool. At this stage, like, I'm none oblivious of what's really going on, but I'm really happy because the pain's kind of gone. And so I call the nurse and I say to her, all right, so he's talking something cancer in my high. Am I still on meds? Like, what's happening? She's like, she's like, yeah, but, you know, it's still early days. We don't know. It's got to go off for testing. We've got to go and, and see. We've got to wait for results first. So I'm like, okay, so when can I leave? She says so she, like, looks at me with this, like, her, like big eyes and, like, is this lady for real? And she's like, you can't leave till you've passed wind through that thing. I'm like, what thing? She goes, that bag. So she pulls the sheets down and there it is, a, colon- a colonostomy bag. So, yeah, reality got real, hey. Um, And so my journey began. And six weeks later, I had to start um, chemotherapy. I had stage four colon cancer, and that was my diagnosis. And so here I am. And then being the resilience guy that I generally am, I'm like, we're just going to denial. So we dressed to the nines. When I landed up at chemo the first time, everyone thought I was the doctor. (laughs) <laughs> my, my fellow patients were like yeah Dr. Mendes I'm like no I'm in this with you like <laughs> this is happening and so as I said that's what I do denial and dress to the nines and everything will be fine and a couple of sessions of chemo underneath the belt and the one morning I just happened to catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror and I honestly did not recognize who I was like who is this person I had no eyebrows I had no eyelashes. My voluptuous hair used to fall down with a breeze of um, wind. 
and this pale gray moon face. And honestly, I did not know who I was. And um, I would say that was like the beginning of my journey, like to really discover who I am on a deep soul level. Why am I here? What is my purpose? And what is this all about? Because, sure, it was, it was dark. It was hard. When all of this happened, your mom also fell sick. So you said that you came back from the doctors. Did she also fall sick? No, no. So actually, that was just a, a general checkup. So she was actually quite fine. Uh, my mom landed up, uh, she accompanied me to all these chemo sessions and everything. I, I was very blessed, actually. Um, cancer came to save me in many ways, but that was one of them. And um, shortly after my chemo treatments, I mean, she had walked this journey with me every single day, sitting with me there three times a week. Yeah, she then passed. I finished the chemo in the February and she passed that September. Yeah, That's a hard year. Yeah, that was crazy. Everything, uh, uh, cancer just burnt everything of mine to the ground. Everything. My relationship, long-standing relationship, my partner, like everything. The only thing I didn't lose was my two children. But did he not support you during this journey? I think it was very difficult for him to come to terms with what was happening. And I think when you always the strong one and kind of um, holding things up. So he was there, but I didn't involve him because already when someone's a little bit of a depressive natured person, you don't need that. I mean, I had to go into healing and mm. Sorted myself out and I couldn't be anybody's mart at the time. So he was there. But also with when, when you get a challenge like this in life, you really look into the truth of who you are. And um, in reality, this life that was going on around me was nothing but a, a facade and a masquerade. So is that why you say that cancer saved saved you? I've never heard that. Cancer was really a gift um, to me. It, it came to show me who I really am on a soul level, um, what my purpose is here, what life is really about, because we were so financially strong at the time, and yet when that Polish doctor walked away, I couldn't be like, hey, dude, I got 15 million. I, I, I can get out of this. Yeah. That, that wasn't going to buy me out of it at all. So material things, all, all sorts of stuff. Like It really breaks you down to your core. Who's your relationships? Who's there for you? Who's not there for you? How do you want to be accepted and seen in the world? It's, it's a gift. It really is a gift because you literally, I mean, it's stage four. So you are at mercy mm. and um, you have to start building yourself up from the burnt ashes, mm. literally. Bravo. Like, congratulations um, for the resilience. Resilience, but also keeping your mind positive, but seeing the positive in this entire journey. To be honest, I think my two children, they definitely, my son at the time was in my trek. My daughter was just going into her teen years, you know, not having a father figure for me. I, I didn't also have a choice and I am resilient by nature, but they were always my driving factor that I needed to come out of this. And I also needed to be a role model and I am a brain to them. So mm. I could either be a victim or I could be a hero of my own story. And that's what I chose to be. I thought, okay, these kids need me I need me um, it's time to just to focus on me and heal and heal from inwards outwards not this let's put some clothes on because that's what I used to do before I used to mask my emotions with my clothing um, and that's why I was so good at it 
that was for me the most profound moment in in our engagement like when we were talking so we literally like in like 20 minutes in our conversation and we're grabbing a cup of coffee and you went straight there and you were like you know um you're using clothing to mask mask you know yourself and you need to start from inwards out outwards is this the reason why you decided to become an image consultant because what makes you different from from what's out there so for me helping people uh, feel great um has always been my thing because i always struggled with self-esteem so that was an issue my thing i always loved clothing i actually wanted to be a fashion designer when i was younger so um and then with re uh really digging deep like what is it that i want to do on this earth why am i here um, what am I good at? And so throughout my illness, I decided, okay, I'm going to look personal development. I learned so much about it. Then I studied image consulting and all the rest of it because it still felt a little bit frivolous mm. and superficial to me. It wasn't, I didn't feel it was deep enough for my persona because I wanted to be a helper. And how is putting lipstick in a dress or, or, or shirt or a pair of pants on a man, how's that helping them? I mean, you know, you just, you feel great for five minutes, but you know, your self-esteem, you've got to build it from the inside. Um, otherwise, there's no amount of hairspray, makeup, lipstick, high so heels, true. trust me, that you put on or shopping that you go and do that's actually going to fill that void. So, and that's how come I got into it. And even after studying it and going out and working with a few clients and things like that, even being in high-end retail, I noticed, I started noticing patterns between women, men, and at what stages they were in their life. And because I'd kind of been through certain things, I would know how to guide them through it. And that's how I actually landed up doing what I'm doing. And that's how I found purpose in clothing and styling. So now I like to say that I help people feel confident, dress with purpose, and save 80% of time and money um, on their wardrobe and then I think when we are confident we go out and we do good in the world because mm. you have to feel it to believe it and then to do it I love what you say because like I'm a clothing hoarder right <laughs> I think you know that by don't now. be hoarding girl <laughs> <laughs> like guys I'm not a when I say hoarder not like those shows kind of thing but I, I really love clothing and it has always been a thing like have as much <laughs> mini jeans as possible. Yeah. Um, and then I'll, I'll change my mind. And then tomorrow I don't like what I, I bought. And then I just pack it away in the back of a suitcase. Yeah. And it goes on the top of the, yeah. and the one day, bedroom's cupboard. And one day I'm going to wear it again. And one day I'm going to wear it again, which yeah. never, ever happens. Never. And, um, and you literally sat there with me and said, okay, take this out. And you grab an item. And you show me like 10 different ways how to wear it. And I've been experimenting. I've been, uh, today I'm doing the French tuck, the one that you taught me. <laughs> yes, yeah. And how yeah. does it feel? It feels very good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like simple little tweaks that you, that you can apply in your life. And you know, the weird thing for me is I always thought of these three big words when I thought of a stylist. Expensive designer clothing. Yes. So um, that's why I'm different. And I totally get it because I used to think the same before I even started studying and that I thought it was just for celebrities and that. But it really isn't. Firstly, no one really taught us how to dress. 
you know so the, true no one really taught us so we we in our times we followed magazines now there's social media and there's um a tv and there's everything else so you kind of copy what you sort of um buy into but still that person is not you and for me a personal stylist is somebody who comes and educates you on how to style yourself based on who you are not outside of you not on that body not on somebody else's beliefs and aspirations so and it's and it's a very affordable actually you save a lot more bringing a personal stylist in than just consistently wasting money on the wrong products that are not for you Um, so it is actually initially it's an investment in yourself but like with everything in life you know you went to school you you invested um, some funds to learn something and it's basically the same thing you get your hair done it's an investment in yourself because otherwise we'd all walk around with burnt out frizzled hair and it's literally how it is for me personal styling is an educated experience you learn about yourself you learn how to shop so it saves you time it saves you money and you just feel confident because you know the right color the right fit the right message that you're sending to your audience out there and also so you, you don't need, everyone thinks I have a limitless wardrobe. I don't. People are shocked when they see the amount of clothing in my wardrobe. But every single piece works with each other. And that's what personal styling is about. It's not for celebrities. The personal styling for celebrities, it's lastminute.com. I need a dress for this engagement and that kind of thing. Yeah, this yeah. is totally different. This is who am I? What is my purpose in the world? How do I want to be seen or perceived when that person meets me for the first time? What is it that I want them to see? Yeah. What is my brand about? Because we are all a brand. We're a brand to our husbands. We're a brand to our peers. You're a brand to that lady that's taking your money at Woolworths. You <laughs> are a brand. And you have to know what your brand is saying. Um, also so that you're more in alignment with your opportunities mm. and with your truth. So mm. when you open your mouth, it's credible because, oh yeah, I can totally see that. Common Murray, yes, the podcast lady, the innovator. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it is. That's a personal stylist. To the audience, um, I sometimes feel like you know more about me than my husband. Like he was... <laughs> He was at the gym this morning. He was like, some odd person just came and greeted me and spoke about your podcast and spoke about what you mentioned on the show. And I was like, oh, he says that. And he said, all the guys were like, why are you talking to all these people? Like, what, who are they? He says, I don't know. <laughs> but it's a, it's a funny thing. But this is what's so important is that you don't know how many people you are reaching out to. You don't know how many people you touch in your life. And it's very important that you – you kind of have a, an approachable um, presence and persona yeah. when, when people try and reach out to you. You know, you say something very profound. It's like, you know, your personality inward and then looking at it inward and then moving it outwards. outwards. It's always. And that's how you go about it. So it's who am I? What are my, my, what are my skills? What are my strengths? What is it that I want to do in this world? Because then I'm helping others. And we are all here for that. Trust me, it's not about money. It's, it's not about any of that. It's all about adding a contribution to making others feel better about themselves. Because this is how we 
really spread love. And at the end of the day, yes, we've got to make money and everything, but we've got to have compassion, we've got to spread love, and we've got to have a purpose in what we're doing. Otherwise, it's just meaningless. And all the money in the world is also not going to buy you that fulfillment that you're actually looking for. Mm. So you sit down and you ask yourself, what are my skills? What are my strengths? Um, what are my values? What do I believe in? And then it's packaging that awesomeness of the brand called you with clothing mm. and so that it reflects what you are feeling on the inside mm. and that's how you connect alignment with your opportunities because you wear your emotions right you wear, you wear you are what you wear with you can people can stand in the hair they can do whatever they like trust me i have Years and years and years and years and years of experience. You are what you wear. And that's why they say that. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. That's why people either buy into you straight away or not. Because something about you will be off that they are feeling. Mm, she's saying all these great things in there, but I don't know. I'm not feeling it. Mm. Her, her, her body language, her emotions isn't radiating that because... Um, but her shirt's broken. She's missing a button there. Um, she's looking at me while she's saying that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do not have a broken button. Do I? No, you have nothing that's broken. <laughs> Got a stylist But I'm just, yeah, because people, uh, some people just think, oh, well, this will do. No, this won't do because this is a day in your life. Mm. And you shouldn't have that will do that attitude because then all your opportunities will be well that'll do and that'll do and it's mediocre um no i agree and you've only got one life and trust me when that little polish man surgeon comes to your bed and he tells you that (laughs) you start the hugest negotiations you've ever done because then you like what have you done with your life yeah and you know and it's at a blink it can be taken away so yeah. No, it's so yeah. true. I mean, you, you talk about something that's so profound and we, we, we're talking quite a lot about this in the business world is looking outward inwards. So I, I like to use this analogy um, about the egg. So when you, you take an egg and you break it from the outside, it means death. When it breaks from the inside, it means life. So if you think about it, who you are on the inside, you need to wear that and exude that yes. energy and that personality yes. you need to get out there now for those who know me i'm i have different styles like it all depends on what i say mood but you say it's not a mood thing it's a different style personality but i would wake one day and say okay today i want to dress like a punk today i want to feel like green stephanie and today i want to feel like kim k like i kind of like do that and then i did this amazing personality personality class. test and um, the other day which is the start of our program and I did the personality test. Now, what is the words now? I'm creative. You're a classic. I'm a classic. And you're creative. And then you're dramatic. I'm dramatic. So I know another one. Androgynous. Androgynous. Jeez, yes. like that word. I couldn't. I'm like, what? Say it again. And then androgynous. <laughs> that's right. So most people, and that's how come you land up with a closet full of nothing. Because firstly, you don't even know what your style personality is. Mm. And that's how I bring self, the awareness back to you. So, okay, let's see who you are, what is it that you stand for let's see what your style personality is and then we match your wardrobe according so everything that's in your wardrobe that was you maybe 10 years ago or five years ago I don't know how back 
we're going to go with that. <laughs> we're going to let go of because now you're on a different mission. And we should be, you know, every five years at least minimum, you should have like a, what I call an assessment. Okay, what am I, where do I want to be in the next five years? What is it that I want to be doing? And then kind of dress for that part because we know more in varsity or we've had a baby or we've started a company, a startup, and or we've left the corporate world, we change. So we are, and we're meant to be changing all the time. So that's the first thing. You have to know what your style personality is. And for all our listeners out there, they can actually go onto my website and do the quiz. It's for free. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys have to go. Um, we'll have it on the show notes. It's Sky Mendes, S-K-Y-E, Mendes.com. And there's a there's a personality um, style quiz. Style quiz, phenomenal. Do it and then actually share with us what your style is. It would be interesting to know. Yeah, and most people, because we are quite faceted human beings and we have more than one style personality. Now, where people normally go wrong is they want to mix all the styles together and then that's what makes them look a little bit like a Christmas tree. <laughs> and so. Yeah, that's where I come in and kind of streamline things and just a a few tweaks and, um, you know, cuts here and there and then… In a million ways of how to… Yeah, to wear the same item. But I think also the the important thing is less is more. Rather have a few quality pieces, like that's what you're teaching me, is like rather have a few quality pieces because fabric softeners and stuff like that are not… It's not good for your your clothing. clothing. Sorry, guys. Just being honest, <laughs> um, fabric softeners, um, especially when you have um, good quality clothing, is not good for it. And you need to have something. At, I mean, you had the other day, you had a burgundy uh, coat that was 15 years old. Uh, um, the red the, one? The red one, the Burberry one, yes. Or Burberry, sorry. Yes, Burberry. But I mean, like, for me, that's, that's an so, example. So, yes, of so that's a staple item. Yeah. So for me, uh, as an entrepreneur, firstly, and secondly, as a single mom, like I couldn't rush out and um, continuously buy clothing. Mm. So I had to make sure that what I bought had uh, time longevity, were quality pieces, and that I can mix and match with anything in my wardrobe. And that's how I literally shop for everything. And I learned that on my own. Image consulting and style school teaches you a little bit about that, but not too much about about it. And only with my own experience that I come to realize that if you have a few great staple pieces and those you buy according to your style personality and then obviously according to your shape and everything else, that will last you 10 to 12 years and you don't have to buy new items all the time. And then you bring in the trend items, so maybe like a belt and earrings, accessories, and that's how you kind of style it to bring it into days. How fucking serious decorating? It is a little bit like that, but you know, even with everything, actually, um, the other day I was kind of having a website audit and all the rest of it, and even how she explained to me, it actually felt, oh my God, I get it, because this is what I tell clients. So she says, you've got all the right content and you've got this and that, but nothing's kind of working and it doesn't have the right flow, and I was like, okay, I so get it, because it's like my client's wardrobe. Mm. They've got the right pieces, they're just not mixing it together, and they're not creating the ultimate look as to what they want to be perceived as. So, yeah, it, everything kind of does come together when you do look inward, project it outward, and, yeah. I think at the end of the day, we're all here 
to become more self-aware mm. and to spend less, especially, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're always investing in your business and you can't constantly be buying stuff and being reckless with finances and things like that. So it's about, and also the planet. My biggest thing is, and I've seen it time and time again, the wastage that comes out of people's wardrobes. It's horrific. I mean, a lot of them, it's between... 30 to 50k I mean that could be a very good investment in some shares or a holiday experience overseas where it's you know Mm. you're getting relaxation and things like that instead of hogged up money in your closet and not only that it takes 10,000 liters of water to make a pair of jeans it's very hard on the planet Uh, the clothing industry is the second harshest to oil and petrol and that's also what I try and teach people Buy correctly, buy less, learn how to mix and match. And you don't have to have this constant amount of funds because now you need to look different or you're going to this event or you're going here and you don't have anything to wear. You will always have something to wear, always. And you will always feel stylish and confident in what you are wearing Mm. because you've bought correctly. And you've bought for you. You haven't bought because Kim K was wearing it. (laughs) The mannequin who's never had a biscuit, had a baby (laughs) – (laughs) Or even a traumatic experience. She looks fantastic in it. No, you're buying for you, for who you are, for what you stand for. I love it. Okay, so you know I love case studies. So we're going to take a few celebrities and decode their dressing style and get a little bit of insight about the message that they are projecting and all of the interesting learnings that you've had over the years and how you assess the way celebrities dress. I'm going to start with one of my favorite, Kim Kardashian. Okay, so Kim K, as I call her, her style is very much sexy, all about exuding her assets. And she's a brand. I mean, she's, she's built a brand, and I agree with you. She's not everyone's favorite, but she's built a brand from nothing and just using her assets, whether uh, it was her titties or her booty, that's how <laughs> it was. And then I think the brains came um, afterwards because she was also a very big entrepreneur and she had to learn very quickly how to brand things, not brand things and all the rest of it. So she positioned herself like that. But that's Kim and she pulls it off well. And that's her brand. That's what she's about. She is about self and how are you doing that kind of stuff that's just her so that's kim k so we, we have and all of you kim k wannabes you're so much more fabulous than her not that she isn't great <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah everybody is their own person and this is the one thing that you told me is like you can't aspire to be like anybody else however if i want to inherit a cupboard of clothing it's going to be gwen stefani's Yes. Clothing cupboard. Yes. Yeah. I can see can that you? the total creativity, the dramaticness. But that's why you're such a great <laughs> entrepreneur. It's because, <laughs> yes. And that, but that's why you're such a great entrepreneur because of all of that. And that's what I mean. You are what you wear. And so your clothing does say a lot about you. So for you saying, I nearly thought you were going to say Kim K is going to be like, well, when I, you had you so, I, had I don't have wrong. the bum for it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things going wrong that ain't going to work. And I can't write, walk in those heels anymore. That's yeah. a problem. And not only you just got to be who you are. Everyone else is taken. Be who you are. And that's the thing. When you aspire to be Kim K, you, all you're going to do is create self-loathing and self-esteem issues for yourself because you're never going to be her. Mm. You were born with a, a, 
a specific fingerprint that no one else has on this earth. And it's the same with your gifts. You have a special gift. Each and every single one of us has one special gift that we were born with that sets us apart from the rest. But we're so busy trying to be everyone else that we forget about who we are and how to own our own gifts and then spread them outwards. And that's what we need to do. So stop following celebrities. You are your own hero. You are your own celebrity. Own your gifts, own your skills, and then just share them outwardly and you will be your very own Kim K and um, whoever you want to be. We had a conversation about Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. And um, actually in one of my courses, uh, we unpack that, which is like Barack Obama makes a decision on gray suits and I think blue suits. And that's the only suits that he has in his cupboards because he says he's got too many decisions to make in a day that worrying what to eat and what to wear is not one of them. Absolutely. So for someone like that on a world public stage and what he stands for, because he's got to stand for world peace and uniting and the people and everything else, obviously he had a stylist come in. I can guarantee you that. And they're like, okay, your colors need to be blue communication, this, that, and the other, and this is how you're going to wear it, and this is going to be your signature and your uniform. And there's a lot of people who do that because they are busy. They do have to prevail, uh, send out a message and they don't necess- you can't leave it up to them because those are not their skills. Mm. You know, he has a constant wardrobe. There's a few men like that out in power. Zuckerberg is one of them that they have a wardrobe. They have a uniform, what I call, and then it's just easier for them and they'll look great in it. They stand for their brand and um, what the world is expecting from them. And there's also consistency, I think. Consistency. That consistency. And in that kind of position, it's definitely what you need is consistency. And then Michelle Obama, I mean, if you look at her style now, um, and I always say this to my ladies in C, in, in the C-suite in power, I'm like, you're not Michelle Obama because you, you've got to own your own skills. So she, as the first lady, she showed us that she was creative in some of her outfits, but she did keep it very much on the world stage. If you look at her now post the White House – I mean, when she, when she went round on the book tour, I mean, those were some scary blingy thigh-high boots, glitter <laughs> boots that she was wearing with the lime um, green cape coat. And you would never see on the world stage, I mean, standing next to Barack with that. It wasn't the right platform for it. But she's straying too true to her personality. And now, post the White House, she's showing her creative motherly side and that she can also be young and fresh and spontaneous because she is. And she's a very inspiring woman and that's what I say to the woman especially in the corporate world because they try so hard to fit into this male dominated world and it's very important that we own our femininity Mm. because that is what makes us different and that is what we have to bring into the world place instead of just these shirts and suits and pants and boring outfits that show no persona and you're trying so hard to fit into this male-dominated world. Something about Michelle Obama also is the different ways of how she would have dressed, like when she's alongside Barack and when she's in her own her own stage and she was rallying and doing things like that. There was a very different way of how she would dress. Um, like Because I remember when, she, when Barack came into power – Everybody was talking about her arms. 
Yes. Remember. Even me. She, she inspired me. <laughs> I promise you, especially after chemo, like things get a bit uh, flabby. <laughs> and I worked on my arm. Now I've got like Michelle Obama arms. I'm proud to oh, say. Oh, because you managed to yes, do it. even me. But um, yes, but that's like all of us. So we are also always on different stages. Um, how I'm dressed here for the podcast is different to when I would go do a corporate training or when I would go and really style like a dramatic celebrity, things like that so you your platform you you kind of choose your you're still true to yourself with your persona in that but you choose to dress to build rapport with your perspective audience and it will change and michelle obama did that very well but she obviously had a stylist, right? Well, I, she must have had I one. I keep on saying it's something that needs to be learned. Everyone learns these things. We were not taught how to dress. Okay, so Ellen DeGeneres. Okay, so Ellen, she's just the funny gal. She's so awesome. Um, so Ellen is very real. She owns her masculine side, but with inner femininity because Ellen is very feminine. Mm -hmm. She's very much a nurturer and a giver and all that. But so her clothing has a masculine, androgynous style to it, but it has a woman fit. If you see, it will um, still come around her waist and it's not these big tucked out shirts like for the men with the beer belly. Sorry guys, <laughs> but you know, it's facts. <laughs> and those kind of things. So it's a it's got a feminine cut, but it's still got the male-inspired version, even her shoes and everything. But look, and there, and, and again, that is her, her, her authentic self. That's why it looks so great on her. So when you're true to yourself, own your body for where you are and wh what it is, um, and then dress it accordingly, you will always um, create credibility and always look stylish because you are being true to yourself. And Ellen has a very polished style. She, 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 her, clothes, her style did so well that she's got a own range now i know i selling. love going on on yeah. to that but i'm so you see the thing for me is like i love that style but i don't know how to explore with it to because i don't want to feel butch no i totally get what you I mean i want to feel feminine so for you yes and she feels feminine i'm sure she does yeah she yeah. feels feminine. i don't mean it in a bad way no no <laughs> i get what you're saying but she feels feminine in her own right but you are different to her 100 percent, and that's why you would say that so for you instead of the collared tied up shirts right up to the neckline you'd more have a v-neck you know to show off our chest area a little bit more and to give us the more feminine cuts and the smaller collared labels and things like that so it's all you know there is like i said it's style is personal it's your fingerprint it's very unique and different one style Ellen style would never work on anybody else you've, mm. you've you've take a little bit of it and then you put your own twist and spin to it i love that and that's just how it works and it's just learning the skill of how to do that absolutely and it is very easy and it is learned and it, it makes such a huge difference i've done how well, my first session with you well, well i had the, the, the you came and the just introduction yes. i don't know what face my cupboard <laughs> Um, you faced my cupboard, and then we, we did had your stats. We did a, a, it's like a psychological getting test to know you session, getting to know you, and then it was the personality test. Yeah, and then just from that, learning a few things. But obviously, also for me, working with a lot of marketers in the tech space and AI and data and all of that, I kind of. Yes, you're the future lady. I like the, yeah, I like yes, a little bit playing with a bit of so, techy style, you know? Yes, so there's a lot of those. So a famous one would be like Gary Vee. Yes. 
And most people in the tech, and that's just the thing. So a lot of people think, oh, image consultant is for someone who wears suits and high-collared shirts and all that. It's not. Even if you wear jeans and a T-shirt, wear the right jeans and the right T-shirt. Choose the right fit for you, the right colors, and just look clean and put together and not like a rapper that's just come out of jail kind of story <laughs> with the pants hanging down and all that. So Gary Vee does that very well, and he says he has hates a uniform he's very much like the Zuckerberg and all the Silicon Valley people and even the tech guys that you meet here in South Africa it's pretty much the same it's hoodies t-shirts and sneakers or the hipster but those hoodies yeah or the, but that's what I'm saying yeah those gangster pants <laughs> but even the hoodie and even the jean and even the sneaker is saying something about you and you can be a powerful man and inspire people like Gary Vee does a lot with his authenticity but if you go and have a look he wears a lot of v-necks which is very proportioned to what his body shape is and the colors and the different things so even though he's wearing sneakers a t-shirt and a pair of jeans it's very well orchestrated i know for sure i mean like i was listening to one of these podcasts where um asked gary v where he was talking about the fact that he was overweight like he he mm. picked up like like 20 kilos or i can't remember 10 kilos, i can't remember and he said he just didn't feel comfortable. So, and how he projected himself and when he had to go on stage. But I can completely relate to because when you don't feel yourself and whatever, it's just like almost in a state of anxiety yeah. to project yourself. But not that he has any anxiety issues. I mean, that man just says what he, I love him. Yeah, but he's very raw. Very, very raw, but very, very raw. authentic. And I think, I think, I think it suits him very well. Mark Zuckerberg, like he would wear the same color t-shirt, I think most of the time. But then the weird thing is he started wearing suits when, like when he had that, uh, obviously had to have respect. Yeah, when so he was there's in, different platforms that you've also got to honor and respect them, like going to court and things like that. But now, so somebody like Zuckerberg, for me, the way his style is, he doesn't want you to see who he is. He everything's exactly the same consistently he is very controlled and very oh, i gotta be careful what i'm showing to the world here <laughs> even though he's got this huge platform and everything else and that's whereas gary v he's more authentic he's, he's original he's gonna wear what he's gonna mm. wear on the stages f-bomb as much as he wants and everything else and he doesn't really care whether zuckerberg is very he's showing you only what he wants you to see mm. It's very controlled. So true. And in a way, it's actually quite scary because you're not really getting a look into his real persona. So for all of you out there, if you're only wearing one T-shirt, white T-shirts every day. We're on to you. We're on to you. (laughs) We we know what you're hiding. I'm going to be very scared. My one friend always says, I know, it was so funny. So many, many years ago, right? One of my friends and I... Mandy Alting, like I don't know if you're listening to this, but if you listen to this, um, we went to a club. It was like before I got married and I was still young and what, what, what. Anyway, and we go to this club and she had this thing about never trust a guy with white shoes. She had this thing. <laughs> yeah, I second that. Is it? And it was so. It's, Why? And it was so in. <laughs> <laughs> and like At the time, it was oh, so in. 
God. And for all the guys out there wearing white shoes, yes, there is a way to wear them. They're not dodge, but um, there is a way to wear them. But I know which guy you're talking about. I, I can picture it. They're at masquerade back in the day. <laughs> oh, funny stuff. Okay, let's take one more. What about Oprah Winfrey? Okay, so Oprah, she's the lady that's um, firstly so spiritually inspiring. She literally walks her truth. Um, she owns a voluptuousness and she knows. You're not judging me on my body. That is a struggle. The food has always been a struggle. But still, even as an overweight person, and this is what I admire about Oprah, and that's what I'm saying. And I teach my clients, style is weightless, ageless, limitless, priceless. It's all of those things. And Oprah is a very good example of that because she owns her voluptuousness. She does not wear baggy clothing trying to hide every curve because that's the mistake that most overweight people make or people that perceive themselves to be, they will go and add more bulk to the problem area. Hence, it makes it look mm. two to three times bigger. Oprah does totally the opposite. She will wear the V-necks where you see her sisters nicely sitting there um, <laughs> and her hips and everything else and she works with angles and asymmetrical lines and things like that but she owns her stuff and she openly admits it I love food it's always going to be my thing I'm never going to be super skinny or anything else it's not, it's not who she wants to be in the world she'll rather stand up let you inspire you motivate you teach you about spirituality just to be a decent um, great human being and again clothes don't own her clothes shouldn't own anybody you should own the clothes mm. and clothes should never Wow. wear you you need to wear the clothes and um yeah so that's oprah that's what i'll uh, that's what i can share about oprah i love her she's just so amazing i don't know but i feel like i'm three degrees away from her because i'm getting closer and closer to people that know her and i'm like I'm it's, going yours. To meet her. it's yours it's yours we, we are her. going to style you in alignment <laughs> with that desire of yours i'm like maybe <laughs> i'm not mentally ready for for that moment but i'm like oh my gosh because i, I mean like uh, um since i've been a little girl i remember watching oprah winfrey i felt like she was my life coach she, she was your life coach exactly <laughs> cooking in the afternoon like for the kids and that after work <laughs> then you would listen to oprah and i learned so much via the tv through my life coach oprah is what she did to many um ladies and that's what she's doing now even in south africa she's just so amazing oh, yeah, and amazing. owns herself loves herself just as is and that's what a personal brand's about just being authentic living your truth exactly as what she does and this is one one common thread that's coming through with the people that are authentic. Like if you look at Gary V, Ellen DeGeneres, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, Oprah Winfrey, they carry themselves with authenticity. Yes, because they're not trying to be anybody else they're just taking what they know about themselves developing those skills and their their own strengths and then projecting it outwards and that's exactly what a personal brand is and that's the thing you know especially today we we have instagram social media so much pressure you look at these pictures you're like oh oh my god this person looks so gorgeous and amazing and it's this constant self-loathing and self-worth that gets challenged but when you're strong at your core and you know what your purpose is and you know what your message is you don't get um, swayed by any of that if anything it's just like okay wow that looks amazing but it's not something that you don't walk with that picture to the hairdresser or the clothing store I want that because then what are you literally saying is I want to be that person mm. instead of owning celebrating and owning who you, who are, you are yes totally. and it's not about fitting in 
anymore. It's about standing out. If I can share that with anything today, because there's lots of image consultants, there's lots of stylists, there's lots of fashion stylists, but there's only one Sky Mendes. And that's what I've come to love and learn. My spin on things is different to anybody else. And I don't want to be like anybody else. This is what I'm sure you don't want to be like. You want to be common Mary. I know for sure. The OG of podcasts <laughs> and innovator. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I had to look up OG. I never heard of Did you? What is what what is and this? OG is an original gangster. Oh my gosh! Okay, <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous for this part. Is facing the cupboard, which is the part of letting go. Yes. Take me through the journey because I think that you have many women that you've taken through this journey. What do they feel? What's going on? Okay. Do they cry? What's what happens? We do go through an eight-step process, and the second step is the wardrobe process. And it is a difficult process because there's a lot of energy and emotion in the wardrobe. There's a lot of having to let go, coming to terms with certain things, um, and also addressing issues. And I think most of my clients, I mean – we decades in now, but most of my clients, they are horrified of what a wardrobe actually, a lot of them say, are oh, you psychic? And actually, it's just what your wardrobe's telling me. Um, and as we kind of put on things, some things are painful, but then it's a form of letting go and it's actually very therapeutic. And po- once we pass the wardrobe stage, then it's like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon. But the wardrobe stage is difficult because as I said, we're coming to terms with certain things, whether it's a relationship, whether it's that company or that startup that we haven't started, <laughs> whether it's, um, okay, I've been overindulging a little and putting things off. There's, whatever, it's different for everybody. I can't just nail it down to one thing, but it is a hard session. I've had people like, burst into tears halfway I've had people no I totally get it and hug me and love me I get people that are like okay Sky you need to go now three hours in and I can't really because it is exhausting and it is tiring because it's emotional I keep on saying you wear your emotions and when it comes to that step in the process you actually realize it but I can tell you this a day or three days max afterwards, I will get that message or that phone call. Sky, thank you so much. I feel totally different. I get it now. I totally understand. Oh, my God, I'm excited. Then the whole rebirth starts happening. So the initial wardrobe stage is like, oh, I want to punch this lady in the face. I'm scared. Don't be scared. Why? I'm telling you. It's just like looking in the mirror, you know, <laughs> like that day when I had to look in the mirror and be like, oh, my goodness. Because I can see. But there is going to be a few pieces. Like I'm, really, I, I'm already thinking there is a few pieces in there that has been given to me over <laughs> by generations that I just have to keep there because I feel like I can't let go. You see? I you feel see? like if you I see? do that, it's sacrilegious. Like I just have to. Like my husband bought me this. Um, He went to Paris many years ago and he saw this thing on a mannequin <laughs> in Paris. And it's this beautiful silk baroque. It's actually, if you had a beautiful body for it, 
I mean, it could look so like so first amazing. Thing, let me, let me and just, I can't get rid of it. Let me just stop you right there. <laughs> so everybody is beautiful. I believe everybody is beautiful, and everybody has a special thing. And it's not even about uh, this body shape or that body shape or any body shape. It's just about bringing the body into balance. End of story. Secondly, things like that that are you are so tied to emotion. We can always find a way to work it in because it's part of a good story. For for you mm. so it has good energy to it so uh, it does it it's not just about throwing things away it's looking at your wardrobe and let's see how we can rework it and make it happen for where you are at this stage in your life and what message do you want to present to the world what is the impact that you want to have so it's that and once you get taught that at the wardrobe and once you start seeing so you kind of relax and sort of let go and you know Self-awareness, anything self-awareness, it's difficult to look inwards. It's not easy. It's not – if it was so easy, everyone would be yay and balanced and doing the inner work that they have to be doing instead of just putting it off and ignoring it. But it's so much – rewarding and fulfillment once you have done that and the wardrobe is just the wardrobe and that's what I want to do I just want to take anxiety out of clothes and the wardrobe because it really is just clothes well that's got a lot of secrets yeah (laughs) (laughs) don't be scared Uh, anyway but I'm very excited this journey has already been amazing okay so we we hope that you have learned a lot today about that and as you are on the Murray Den, this Murray Den, this is into the world, the things that inspire me, the things that makes me curious. And it's it's just like the stuff that I'm exploring and and things that really um, excites me. And I'm sure that you're also watching and seeing as I go through my transformation because every day I'm different. <laughs> so I just want to thank you so, so much. And so should be. Otherwise, it'd be boring. Everyone would be like, oh, she's wearing that. Oh, here it comes again. You know, you need to have mystery and intrigue to keep things exciting. For sure. You have listened to a few podcasts, so you know this is coming. Oh, my gosh. We are going to play the game. Can it be all style questions and then I'll fly with colors? Don't <laughs> no, ask that me stuff the point. <laughs> we want the audience to get to know your authentic mind and okay. how you think. Okay, I'll try not to be stupid. No, there's no wrong answer. Okay. okay. <laughs> On your marks, get set, go. <laughs> what are the three items you could buy together at the grocery store to make the cashier laugh? Come on, say condoms. (laughs) Okay. What is your favorite dance move to do when you're on the club? Uh, Definitely the salsa. Very sexy. What is the weirdest thing you have seen in someone else's home? The weirdest thing? Yeah. A money uh, counting counting machine. God, what are some fun ways to answer everyday questions like, how's it going or what do you do? What's the everyday fun way? Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> if someone asked to be your apprentice and learn everything that you do, what would you teach them? Self-love. What would you do if you were invisible for a day? Oh, my goodness. What wouldn't I do? Firstly, go around to Jacob Zuma. <laughs> would you rather have an x-ray vision or the ability to always know when someone is lying to you? Always know when someone's lying to me. I have that already. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you didn't answer all of them, so I'm going to ask them anyway. If you could be an Olympic athlete, in what sport would you compete? Swimming. What three famous people, living or dead, would you want at your fantasy dinner party? Oprah Winfrey, yeah. Michelle Obama, and Jennifer Lopez. 
What would be the hat to end all hats? What could you wear on your head that would make people stop what they are doing and stay in awe and amazement? A fedora. A fedora. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and to share your knowledge with our audience. We are going to put your information in the show notes, but maybe you just want to share it with them quickly. Um, how can they reach out to you? So basically, I am on LinkedIn, um, under Sky Mendes. You will see me there. Um, Instagram, Facebook. Um, on Facebook, I'm Sky Mendes Brand. Instagram, it's just Sky Mendes. And then my website, www.skymendes.com. And thank you for uh, having me. I feel so honored and privileged. Thank you. Thank you so much for being part of my journey. Bye-bye now. You've been listening to The Carmen Murray Show, another solid gold podcast. Please take a moment to rate and share this episode with friends and colleagues who love customer experience and marketing just as much as you do. To connect with Carmen, visit CarmenMurray.com, where you will find links to her business services, future fit events, and biz community articles. Carmen Murray is CEO of Uya Modern Marketing Services that empower businesses to deliver premium customer experiences, B2B, B2C and B2B2C across all industries. Some of these services include research, CX strategy, persona development and customer journey mapping, CX audits, UX audits, and the connected marketer training in connected customer experiences, mobile, data management, and AI. You've been listening to another episode from the Solid Gold Podcast Studios.